Good morning and God's gracious health and well-being, grace and peace to each one of you. It's a joy to be here with you. It's a beautiful morning. Uh, did any of you see the rainbow Thursday evening? There was a beautiful rainbow. So Deb has read from Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. So I think we need to have a text this morning that lifts us up, helps us to look up and get the big picture, uh, kind of the view from on top. And this Philippians text, I believe, uh, is, is that uh, gift for us today. I think one theme that's emerging in this fall quarter is that God provides for us. When people enter into a direct communication where two or three are gathered, Jesus is in this space, uh, provides uh, communication. Some slaves coming out of Egypt caught between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea, God had compassion on these slaves and helped them. Jesus was in a boat that was in choppy water in a storm, and he cared about the people in this boat, and the waves calmed. And then last uh, week, Sarah told us the story of uh, Israelites later on in the desert who were thirsty and angry. And again, God had compassion and provided water uh, for them. The good news today God provides a savior for us, a flesh and blood friend. So Holy Spirit, please be with us and help us as we look at this text and illuminate it for us. In this text, Philippians text, Paul is also in a desert, as the Israelites were, between promise and fulfillment. He is in prison, not sure of the future. And he is reviewing the gains and losses of his life. To know Jesus, to attain and win him, to trust in God's righteousness and to be called upward with Jesus offset any valuable things he has had to give up. Paul is completely Jesus-centered. Jesus is real for Paul, a personal acquaintance. Church at Philippi was very special to Paul. It's the first Christian church in uh, Europe. As you recall, he was in Asia Minor and had a vision of need in Greece. And he crossed over, and Philippi is a few miles, 15 or 20 miles from the uh, seaport there. Um, he received the hospitality of Lydia, if you remember that. And he was also flogged and imprisoned. He was imprisoned and flogged, Paul and Silas, beaten because they helped a slave girl. This visit uh, is thought to be maybe 49 or 50, Christian era. And the letter may have been written about 54 or 55 from Ephesus or Rome during Paul's imprisonment. This church had a special place in Paul's heart. They have shared with him in the gospel and in giving and receiving. So Paul is stressed here. This is a difficult time. He doesn't know how things will turn out. He faces the possibility of death by capital sentence at the hands of Rome. Love, sharing, fellowship, joy, and standing firm are themes of this letter. So what's at stake here? What is at stake here for Paul? At stake is 
What's at stake is uh, here is, are things going to turn out all right? Am I going to win? Has this all been worth it? How does he define winning? Let's look at this text. Finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. This is uh, in your bulletin. To write the same things to you is not a hesitation for me, but a security for you. Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the mutilation, for we are the circumcised, the ones who are serving by means of the Spirit of God, and who are boasting in Christ Jesus and not trusting in externals, although I myself also have confidence in externals or human standards. If someone other thinks to have confidence in human standards, I have more. On the eighth day for circumcision, from the people of Israel, or Jacob, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Hebrew-speaking Israelite, Paul could speak Hebrew and Greek, in relation to the Mosaic law of Pharisee, in accordance with zeal by persecuting the church, with respect to uprightness, which is by the Mosaic law, I have proved to be blameless. So these are important things to Paul. Paul warns against attacks, warns against and attacks Jewish or Gentile Christians who insist that circumcision and observance of Jewish ritual law is necessary for Gentile converts. Paul won't give an inch on inclusion of everyone who trusts and boasts in Jesus' faithfulness and his serving by means of the Holy Spirit. Paul then lists some things in his resume that give him confidence. The word translated externals or human standards means earthly things or physical advantages. Some of these are valuable parts of his life or would have gotten him renown in the eyes of others. And we'll show a picture by painting by Hutchi, calling of St. Paul. You can see here he's breathing out threats and violence as he goes uh, hunting uh, Christians. Uh, uh, and this would have put him in good stead with some people, given him a good reputation. He meets Jesus, this light, and he actually hears Jesus' voice. So Jesus is a real person for Paul. But whatever gains, we continue with the text, whatever gains it was for me, these things I consider loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, even I consider all things to be lost for the sake of that which surpasses is better, which is the personal acquaintance of Christ Jesus my Lord, for the sake of whom I have forfeited all these things and consider them garbage in order that I might gain Christ and be found by him, in him, not having my righteousness, which is from Mosaic law, but that righteousness which is through the faithfulness of Christ, the righteousness from God on the basis of trust, to know him, both the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings. As I am being conformed to his death, perhaps I shall arrive at the resurrection which is from the dead. This text has a lot of strong verbs having to do with attaining or winning or making something my own or arriving. Um, I've highlighted one of these in purple and we'll get to that in a little bit. Now Paul is considering the matter of profit or gain and loss or forfeit. I have forfeited here. Is the verb form of loss. Valuable things are lost. Paul has lost some valuable things. 
This same verb is used in Acts 27.10 and 21, referring to a ship's cargo that needed to be pitched overboard in a storm. So these things are, you know, you have things in your resume which are important to you. Uh, some uh, property, perhaps, or things you own, uh, things that you've accomplished, uh, things, uh, things that you've uh, done. And these are important, and Paul, they were important to Paul, too. But they are as garbage compared to the surpassing quality and value, the surpassing greatness of knowing or being personally acquainted with Christ Jesus, his Lord. So then you can think of a gain and loss column here, and what does he consider to be gain? The real gain, the real profit, is to acquire, to gain Christ, to trust Jesus and be found in him or by him, having the uprightness, the vindication, which is by means of Jesus' faithfulness. This is what, uh, this is, what is, is in the gain column here for Paul, and this is what's important. To be conformed here is to be similar in form or style. Being conformed to Jesus' death, being invested with the same for, form of death. Well, let's look at that a minute. Jesus was executed by Rome for the disturbance that followed his work for inclusion and justice for the poor in the outer court of the temple. And Jesus also forgave sinners, included outcasts, and brought recovery of sight to those who were open to accept him. Paul was arrested in Jerusalem after another disturbance involving inclusion of people who were different, not from the same background. And Paul had been through a lot when he wrote this letter. He had been arrested and flogged as Jesus was, and he was eventually executed, probably in Rome in the early 60s, after several years in prison. So Paul's death was conformed to Jesus' death. And this is suffering on behalf of others. But resurrection power is present to Paul and with us in our lives. And suffering is completely related to future glory. A participle here, as I am being conformed, has an adjective form in verse 21 of this chapter, we will be similar in form to Jesus in glory. So suffering is a prelude to glory. This is another painting by Hachi, the risen Christ, who is present with us, brings peace. Not that I have already made Christ my own or already have been made perfect, but I press on to see whether I also might win him, seeing that I have been won by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I consider myself not yet to have attained or won, but one thing while indeed forgetting what lies behind, but exerting toward those things which lie ahead, I press on toward the goal, toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, as many as are mature, let us continue to think this. And if you think something differently, God also will reveal this to you. In any case, with regard to that which we have attained, let us hold to the same thing. Now we get to the winning in this passage. This verb is used three times. I've highlighted this in purple. And a related verb is here. I have made Christ my own. 
To win, Jesus comes through pressing on to the goal, the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's like winning the U.S. Open. Have you watched this? They hold a big cup up. Okay, this cup is the, it's kind of like the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's the prize, but it's not the ultimate thing. There's something even bigger beyond that. It may, this may have been a lifelong ambition for this golfer. There's something beyond that. And for Paul, the thing beyond is to win Christ. The good news of the gospel for us is that winning is not just about having the most votes or points or runs. Winning, attaining, knowing Jesus, including the power of Jesus' resurrection and the sharing in his sufferings for others, finally through the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, that is real winning. So close with some transformational goals. How can we apply that, apply this? There's a lot of emphasis on winning these days, winning debates, etc., ball games. This text gives us a perspective. The heavens declare the glory of God. We can look up. This lifts us up. Uh, a view from above, a view of God's purposes to gain and to know and to ultimately win Jesus through being called heavenward, upward with him. And so we press on, pursue the goal and the prize. Some suggestions on how we can press on to attain, to win Jesus as Jesus the Messiah's citizen community, as a community of kingdom citizens. Number one, I would say be concerned about what God is concerned about. Be compassionate about what God has compassion for. God has always, from the front of the Bible to the end, been concerned about the others, the widow, the orphan, immigrant, the poor, the needy, the excluded, sinners, outcasts, sick, soldiers, tax collectors. Jesus wanted everyone to be included in the temple court and at the banquet. Mercy and justice, righteousness, fairness, these are shared values of believers. We have a compassionate Lord and God wants us to resemble Jesus, to have his form and nature. Some practical ways we can do this, I read in uh, it, issue of Anabaptist World, the Mennonite Disaster Service, is helping in Iowa where there had these straight-line winds, these windstorms in August, and they're active in helping uh, uh, communities that were affected by that. Um, our Mennonite women are very active, and we can support their projects. These are ways to be concerned about what Jesus was concerned about, ways we can pursue, we can, uh, Jesus is our friend now, you know, we can know Jesus, but we have uh, a future to attain Jesus, How, and this is, this is a, these are ways we can press on. Number two, get acquainted with Jesus as a friend. Do we really need Jesus' acquaintance? Do we have time? We have a lot of externals, human standards. I often focus for myself on the Holy Spirit, and when I think of Jesus, I think of Jesus' great victory of taking up, carrying up sin in his body to the cross for sin's judgment and condemnation. 
And we are freed of charges, vindicated. And as I get older, I think more and more about Jesus atoning for sin as a sacrifice. And this would go along with our song, A Mighty Fortress, as Jesus of Victory. But I think I need to think about Jesus more uh, as someone whom I can lean on, leaning on the everlasting arms. And we have people in our congregation who are dealing with health issues, both in the hospital and at home. And Jesus is a friend for us, for all of us, when we suffer. We have a friend that we would like others to meet. We sing in Bible school, I thought of this song, uh, Jesus is a friend, a friend next to you. You remember that song, um, reach out, shake another hand, a hand next to you. Well, we can't do that, can we? Uh, we can't reach out and shake uh, hands, but Jesus is a flesh and blood uh, friend. Pastor Erwin Maribal, a leader in the Venezuelan Mennonite Church, died of COVID-19 in August. And Linda Shelley, in her Anabaptist World article, quotes Pastor Erwin's daughter, Helena, seeking Jesus is the best way. Outside of him, there is nothing. During the most terrible thing we can go through, Jesus is there. He is always there with human hands and feet. Number three, I would say, think of the big picture. Focus on the things that lie ahead. That's what Gail was saying. The view that begins at the end. A number of us face health challenges and decisions, and at some point we will discard externals and human standards, even if they are valuable. Number four, um, I'm very thankful uh, to be a U.S. citizen. I love my country. I value my citizenship uh, a great deal, my passport and my vote. And I plan to vote. But I haven't been watching the news as much lately. Um, I didn't watch the debate this week, and I'm not sure I'll watch the next one. About 5.30 in the afternoon when the news comes on, it's really beautiful. Have you noticed that outside? This week we're going to have some really beautiful evenings. So maybe I'll be painting, maybe I'll be doing some fall work. But I think if we take a look at the big, you know, kind of the big picture that Philippians uh, gives us here, focus on things that are above, on things that lie ahead, um, Set our minds on these things. Look at the heavens. Uh, this is just a suggestion. November 8, we will celebrate All Saints Day. And we won't be able to have a meal like we do usually, but we will have communion. We'll have something physical, as Jesus was a physical person. And we can set our sights on that goal. Finally, uh, continue to pray for each other and connect in every way that we can connect. Uh, do that and continue to pray 
for each other. The heavens declare the glory of God. We can look up and we have uh, a goal. We have uh, something we're striving for. We know Jesus now as our friend, but we will attain Jesus. We will win through the Holy Spirit and through God's upward call. Let's pray together. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us to press on to win Jesus, who has made us his own. Thank you for making us similar in form to Jesus for peace and joy that he brings. Help us look up. Give us perspective. Our lives are fragile, really. Jesus, we need you as our friend. Our souls do lean on you. Thank you for being our friend, someone we can reach out and touch. You will never leave us. We thank you for this Philippians text. We pray that it will grow in our hearts. We give you thanks. All praise is yours, compassionate Lord. Amen.